in preparing for this podcast, we actually went through. Daniel keeps a very detailed book, <laughs> and he has for his whole life. Um, it's actually great, but I mean, I can never do it. Basically, we looked up like every fight we've ever had. Yeah, I just went to my journal. Like, I keep a journal on my uh, computer using. <laughs> Uh, program called Day One. You just type in fight and just read all of the fights in there. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me what's the life? I've been feeling starstruck, seeing human love thrive in this really long dust. Guess it's really our love, seven billion of us. And I read the headlines. Tell me, tell me, tell me what's the life? It's part luck, violence, constructive conscience, hot sauce, blood diamonds. Everybody pitching in for red. Hi, I'm Michael. And I'm Obasi. So, my friend Michael and I have come into adulthood watching our world become more and more polarized. From political polarization, to income inequality, to how we even define what is real. It, it feels like we need some type of meta-solution. Regardless of the issue, like, how do we come back together? How do we reconcile? What does it look like to make peace? And at the same time, the world hasn't literally fallen apart yet. So people must be making peace on some level. So that's where we want to start. We want to learn who's making peace and how, and how we can apply that to the rest of our world. So join us as we try to find everyday peacemakers and learn what peacemaking means to them. Each episode, we'll learn one principle of peacemaking from our guest. These are featured as a growing tribute to our guests and their wisdom at principlesofpeacemaking.org. Today, we're going to hear from Dan and Tracy, a married couple who tell us about a fight they had before their wedding, the insecurities it brought up for both of them, and what it took for them to come back together, which leads to this episode's principle of peacemaking. Identify the root of the pain and recommit. Daniel is like the sensitive, responsible one in, in our relationship. He's probably like the more adult person in our relationship as well. He like does our taxes basically. <laughs> um, yeah, he he's also, I guess, like the more forgetful of the two of us, but he's also a really deep thinker. So at night he can, he'll be like lying in bed, contemplating his mortality and place in the universe. And I'll be like watching YouTube videos of like dumb things, but um, we balance each other out. Yeah. Tracy is incredibly creative, pretty much anything creative. She excels in. She's an amazing designer and is a designer by trade. But then anything else like cooking, incredible. Uh, writing, incredible. Music, so good. Like she, anything that requires any level of creativity. Like during, like in the beginning of quarantine, she took up quilt making. You know, she's she's just always looking for some creative outlet and something something to do. And I, and she's incredibly talented. Um, she's also very. Uh, she loves to be happy and she loves being joyful. And that's, it's a lot of fun. Keeps me on edge because she likes to, she has a very mischievous spirit. And so she likes to do a lot of, uh, she likes to prank me quite a bit. 
but it means there's always a lot of laughter in our house and we're and we have a very good time together but it also means that she she's very uh, she gets very grumpy if anything happens that kills the positive vibe so like if i do anything that upsets her mood drops very very fast and it's very hard to pull out of it but because you know she she loves writing that the positive vibe and 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 uh keeping things happy and cheerful and so but yeah she bounces me out a lot like as tracy said sometimes i kind of get lost in my own head and get trapped in negative thinking or something like that and tracy's really good at pulling me out of it so we balance each other out really well in preparing for this podcast we actually went through daniel keeps a very detailed journal and he has for his whole life um it's actually great but i mean i can never do it basically we looked up like every fight we've ever had yeah i just went to my journal like i keep a journal on my um computer using a program called day one and you just type in fight and just read all of the fights in there (laughs) we were like what are we fighting about um and we kind of just found a big one we had back in 2017, and we thought it was a good example of practicing peacemaking. But yeah, it was really odd to read all of those <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very well documented. How does that make you feel about peace, um, Tracy? Reading Did the, I keep a record of wrongs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, it was kind of a really interesting exercise. I think it reminded me that, like, for us, peacemaking's not, like, a one-and-done kind of a thing. We're, like, constantly working at it. And even, like, with the same issues, even though if we've already addressed them, it's, like, a constant recommitment to doing it, like, every month or whatever, whenever we blow up, so it was, it was good, it was good to, like, have that time to, like, think about it. Yeah. All right, you want to tell our fun fight story? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I guess I can, I can start, um, since he started this one. Yeah, this one was on me. Um, so the context, it was 2017. We gotten engaged in February of 2017. Um, and so, and this was like November. So we were kind of in the midst of wedding planning, um, figuring, figuring that stuff out. No, we got engaged in January. Never mind. The, the end of January. The end of January. It's basically February. Um, so we were, we were in, uh, in the middle of wedding planning. Um, at the same time, I was working full time and doing an evening grad program. Um, so, and the job that I had, I wasn't enjoying a whole lot. Um, I, I, I'd been at the company for several years and I was feeling like uh, uh, it, that, that job had run its course. So we went to, uh, we, we grabbed lunch. And um, while we were having lunch, I just sort of casually started to bring up like, hey, um, I was thinking maybe wouldn't it be cool if I, or basically like I, I just started fantasizing about the, the possibility of maybe quitting my job a couple months before the wedding so that I could you know focus on 
wedding planning, getting all that set up. And then after, once we, after we have the wedding, I can be like scot-free and have a really nice, you know, honeymoon period where I don't have to worry about a job. And wouldn't the timing of that be great? And during that time, I could be learn, getting better at cooking. I've always wanted to get better at cooking. I could start working out again. I could uh, be doing all, like all, I could read some more books and I just started kind of like trailing off in my own mind, getting super excited about this, you know, fantasy of quitting my job and totally uh, was completely missing how Tracy was reading all of that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't react well to this plan. I heard it very differently. What I heard was like, hey, like, now that we're getting married and I have your income to rely on, how about I quit my job and take a half a year vacation to do fun stuff like read books and work out and cook and also meet your entire extended family with no job and no plan at our wedding. And I was so mad. It was bad. And I was like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? I'd like to take half a year off too. Like, why do you get to take half a year off? It was not good. We, we, yeah, we were at a restaurant at the time. And so we like held it in until we like talked in the car at home. But yeah, it was, it was not good. So I was like, oh, Dan is telling me this plan that he's going to do. He's already made this decision. And one, I'm not on board. And two, I hate the plan. And I think it just came during this time where we were really stressed already, wedding planning and Daniel's going to school and work at the same time. And we'd also just started like doing all the stuff you do to prep for marriage, like joining our finances, which was already really hard for me. Like the whole process of getting engaged hitching my life to someone else's was already really difficult for me I I just think this Daniel's lovely pitch came at a time where I was just like no this is a horrible idea yeah and so then you didn't react well to me <laughs> yeah the you know the counter thing was like you know I I realized I'm not I'm not a complete dummy i i figured out pretty quickly oh yeah that tone was not not the right tone to take i totally approached that badly but then on the other hand i was also hurt by the fact that it sounded like you know tracy was accusing me of like being a gold digger or that's how i read it and i was just like wait a minute like i like do you think that i'm trying to take advantage of you do you think that i'm like incapable of like that I'm I'm just a coat I'm just going to coast that I'm a slacker that I that I, I'm, I'm doing all this just because I I'm like I I, I want to take advantage of you in some way so I guess I was I was hurt that she kind of even though obviously I knew my tone was bad and all that my presentation was bad I was hurt that she kind of jumped to this negative conclusion about me rather than kind of interpreting it in a more uh in a better light based on the context of our relationship and and you know what what we've done before so that that bothered me and so we we had a we had it out we talked for hours (laughs) and i don't think yeah like we ended on like a good note either yeah it took a little while for us and suffice it to say i did not quit my job 
<laughs> so <laughs> I like I, I think we ended up compromising. Yeah. It ended up playing out that I just I I found another job. And so I switched jobs right before the wedding. And I did that job for a year and then I took some time off. So um But yeah, like that day the fight I think took the whole day and even at the end of it we both weren't now technically happy at the end yeah so yeah Tracy um was your frustration coming from a place of financial insecurity or was it like not about the money and purely about the the sort of person that you were kind of getting yourself locked into marrying Um, I think it was two things. I think part of it was I had never been financially responsible for another human besides myself before. And I think in that moment, I was kind of freaking out about that. Because even growing up, like my, I grew up in like a two income household, like both my parents worked. And so I think it was just new, which always scares me. And so that that was like terrifying. And then the way Dan presented it was that this was his plan and it had already been decided. And so I think that was a big part of what I reacted poorly to and what we ended up like talking about. Like I eventually was able to understand like where he was coming from. Cause I, I mean, I was in relationship with him. I knew how hard of a time he was having, but like the pitch, the tone of the pitch definitely <laughs> helped. So you said you both didn't feel great about it. Where did you end it? It's basically how a lot of our fights ended. It, our fights definitely follow a pattern. I think they have gotten better now since we are trapped together <laughs> 24-7. And we've gotten a lot more experience working out. But at the time, in our relationship from then... The fights followed a very specific pattern. We fight. Daniel gets over it within like 10 minutes. And I take the rest of the day to just mull over and savor the horrible feelings that I had during the fight. (laughs) So while I might like have resolved whatever issue we had, for me the emotions take a lot longer and so I think even though we like reached a compromise and we're technically like okay I was definitely like not emotionally there yet to be like all right we're ready to yeah be happy together again or something like that yeah a lot of our fights um you know we we can talk it out and kind of verbally you know figure out what the issue is but kind of getting back on the same page and and it, it kind of it kind of depends on when Tracy decides to accept me back um emotionally and that sometimes that just takes a while and all I can do is try to be very nice I think in our particular conflicts in the way that we are like we we feel similar about peacemaking but it's different is for me peacemaking is a lot of letting go of all of those like horrible emotions that I that feels really good to like cling on to 
and it's been a lot of growing <laughs> like being in this relationship and being able to be like while it feels really good it's not worth it and I have someone here on the other side who is just like patiently waiting for me to like return to him and if I just like let it go and like choose to reconnect with him the fights are over much more quickly <laughs> and we can like move on and what are those emotions that need to be let go is it does it depend depending on what just happened or is there a pattern of what those negative emotions are they uh i think i mean the surface level is just the anger emotion obviously but I think just any of that, like, hurt that was involved in the fight, whether it's, like, him making me feel unsafe or feel devalued in some way, I just like to hold on to those and, like, use them to, like, hurt Daniel and be like, I'm still angry at you. What you did really hurt me. So I'm going to make you suffer for the rest of the day or however many hours this lasts. Because you might be over it, but I'm not. Um, and so I think through our fighting relationship, like especially reading through all the fight journals, I think the the time for me to bounce back has gotten shorter as I am like one more cognizant of my like cycle and two more aware that like like what Daniel says, I sometimes lack to. Like approaching the conflict with the context of our relationship and like the fact that Daniel loves me and like all these good things I like check out the door as soon as we start fighting and I'm like you're the worst of course you want to hurt me so I think returning to that helps shorten my time of just like ruminating in the feelings what makes you want to return to peace, Tracy? Uh, because the way that I think of like peace and and forgiveness um, is that they produce in you like like a, a positive feeling, like they make you feel safer, they make you feel better. But the way what you've been describing is that there's a kind of like maybe like a perverse joy in like being oh, yeah. in conflict. <laughs> Um, and so why is that perverse? Like, why do you think of that as like something that you need to escape from? Like, like what, what compels you to leave that behind and move into a peaceful relationship with Dan? I think ultimately the red subsides and it's, it's basically this one moment, this one moment happens where I suddenly see Daniel and how sad he is and it just like breaks my heart and then I'm suddenly like oh my gosh I was so sorry like it brings me back I'm like of course I want to make peace with Daniel if the other party makes you feel really bad peacemaking is suddenly very easy and appealing I'm like oh my gosh yes what have I been doing like, I'm so, so sorry. Let's absolutely resolve this. Well, I think I think that's super interesting because I think <laughs> that it reminds me of the civil rights movement and the, like, walking across the bridge in Selma where the police came and, like, beat the ball and how that was, like, a huge um, 
like victory or like a, a pivotal moment for the civil rights movement because everybody who was watching on TV was able to see like the police beating these black people and they like felt bad. And like the idea that making people feel bad is inappropriate strategy for peacemaking, I think is like definitely true. I mean, I think it's also really interesting. Like I really appreciate you bringing up how complex peace is because it can feel good to not be at peace. Um, And there is like an element of sacrifice that's involved in peace. Like it's not like either everybody's sad or everybody's in peace, but that like a lot of times some people are happy and some people are sad and that's the like the problem. And coming to peace involves the like person who's in a position of power relinquishing some of that power. And then at the end of the day, I think both people end up being like better for it, but it takes like a, a momentary at least sacrifice. And I think that that's, a really cool thing to bring up because I, I think it's important that we remember that, that it's not so easy. It sounds to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like that feeling bad, that feeling bad of looking at Dan and seeing him sad is empathizing. I mean, it's feeling love for him and it hurts when there isn't peace and you feel love for someone who's in a state of non-peace. <laughs> um, yeah. But it sounds like it's also, there's love under it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Daniel cries and my heart breaks. <laughs> <laughs> now, your point, Avasi, about power is really interesting. Um, oh, it, yeah, it makes me feel not great. I'm going to be honest, but yeah. I, you're absolutely well, right. That is exactly what I'm doing. Like in the moment of rage, I am definitely wielding my like, I'm the angriest. So I get to be right and like drag this fight on for as long as I want. And you just get to sit there and deal with it <laughs> until I calm down. So yeah, I, I had never really thought about it that way. I'm ashamed to admit. Yeah, but I don't think it's like, I mean, of course, it's not, I don't think it's something to necessarily be ashamed of. Because I think what you're saying is that you, um, when Dan made this decision, and it felt like he had made this kind of unilateral decision that really affected you, you felt like a lot of power was taken away from you. Um, And so you felt very powerless. And so your response is to try to gain power, um, which makes sense, because you feel like Dan has just like stripped you of power. And so you are like, you're retaliating against what has happened to you. And so sure, it's not like great, but there is a sense to it. And it's coming from a place of trying to protect yourself, not from a place of trying to hurt Daniel. You know, I, 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 feel all of the heated emotions very strongly as well. And I think the thing that I I often feel resentment about or or struggle with is like, I, I, why can't I just like shut down and wait for Tracy to talk to me? You know, like there's a part of me that kind of, that resents that. And then she also tapped into my, my fear of my own inadequacy. I think that I've always been particularly sensitive to 
people that suggest or do actions that suggest that maybe I'm not capable of taking care of myself or capable of handling something or capable of dealing with a situation. Um, and then on Tracy's end, you know, of course, like I put a lot of fear in her because she really values and really needs a sense of safety. She gets very triggered when anything kind of blows through that can, that can um, put that at, at risk and put her sense of safety and security at risk. And then I think also she felt great hurt that I went in suggesting that like, yeah, that, uh, you know, now I'm getting access to your income. I, I can kind of just coast and, uh, and felt like I, I was almost taking advantage of her taking advantage of her financial situation, taking advantage of her mon- of her money and kind of running in that way. So it's helpful for me to kind of try to stop and think about it that way, because I think that a lot of negative emotions can be boiled down to fear and hurt. And then once I'm able to, once I do that, it makes it a lot easier for me to kind of make peace within my own, my own self, and then start trying to like make peace with Tracy. But I usually, I do, I usually get there. 10 minutes is is a huge exaggeration. It usually takes me at least like half hour, 45 minutes to kind of like cool down enough to be able to get there. Um, but then, yeah, the, the the process usually at that point is trying to verbalize all of this to her and 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 try to get from her, like understand from her, like whether I understand correctly what she's feeling, or like try to get her to explain to me what she's feeling. One thing that I think is really interesting about that is how you guys have both described it as kind of like cyclical. That like this is just what happens every time, and it takes like maybe a half an hour to forty five minutes, maybe a few hours, or the rest of the day. But it's like the same process every time. And I think it's interesting because you would think that that's something that you could then be like, oh, this is what happens every time. I just do X, Y, and Z. And then like, there's no no conflict anymore. Um, like I can get this down to like three minutes um, or whatever. Um, <laughs> right. You would think, but I think that like it's, it's way more complicated than that because like in the moment, there's just like a lot of work that has to be done. Um, but I also think that there are ways in which you can like, you know, improve your kind of self-awareness in that process and maybe like make it happen faster. But it's also like, it's just interesting that this isn't something that like, that you can just kind of wave away with, with logic or whatever. Like these are like emotions and like, like things that have to process through your, your mind and body over time. I've tried to, to speed up the process and it doesn't work. Because usually what happens is, you know, like sometimes I'm just, sometimes I just get annoyed that we're fighting at all. I'm just like, we're, you know, this is dumb. Why are we even doing this? This is, this is such a minor thing. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to almost like fake that I'm over it just because I really want to be over it. Um, Like I, but I'm going to pretend that I'm sorry when I'm not actually. And I'm just going to pretend that I I feel really bad, even though I don't just because I like want this to be done with. And and I'm so frustrated with it. And that doesn't work. And it doesn't like, it doesn't work unless you actually like stop and do the work and like actually process it. When you just try to fake that you've done it and fake that you've processed it, it just, like you're, you can't trick your body, or at least I can't. I can't trick my body, and 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 it, and it shines through. Like when I try to talk to Tracy and try to pretend that I'm sorry, I'm pretend that I've like you know like I've done, done this. It just doesn't work. Like you you have to actually like go through it. And yeah, and I think that you know what you're saying, Michael, about like the thing that draws you together, love. It's it's important. I mean, I think that like 
it's hard to work up the will to do it for somebody that you don't care about. If somebody makes you mad, but you don't care about that person, you're yeah. not going to try to reconcile. But when it's somebody that you really do care about and someone that means a tremendous amount to you, 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 you put in the work to do, to get there. Yeah. I mean, we made a promise to be in each other's lives forever. So definitely got to work it out. <laughs> yeah. I would say I would love to be able to like optimize our process of fighting. And I think we have in like little ways where I'm able to like stop and be like, all right, this one fight is not worth it. I'm going to move on. We're going to like, move on with that that works for small fights for the bigger ones i i wish we could take those learnings <laughs> but yeah the our old familiar have you tried like a timer where you're oh like, my gosh we have <laughs> one minute and 29 seconds left to get through the process phase. <laughs> we're gonna time box the site <laughs> we've got this amount of time we have not maybe we should we got a lot of time but yeah and it sounds like there's this like resolution that has to happen on kind of two different levels. And once the rational level where like you can talk through it, but you still don't feel great about it on the emotional level or the rational level is like, this is a small thing or this should be done by now. Or I could even fake it because I know what the formula is or like, I know what's happening in my mind, but then there's that other level of, but I still feel it. I still feel the unsafe or the hurt or the anger and that that needs to integrate with the rational before we actually move on. Yeah, I think the compromise as far as like taking care of my fears of safety while also getting Dan out of his horrible work situation was ultimately how we resolved it rationally. But it definitely was me being able to see this just sounds like so cliche but seeing Dan's side like where he was coming from um while I don't think emotionally I ended that day very good very well I think by the next day we had moved on and moved ahead I think and, right? yeah but you know there was it was a scar like it it, it definitely like tainted some it, it it I felt like there was it was very difficult to have conversations about or not very difficult, but it was more difficult to have conversations about money and finances for a while after that. Cause I think that there was a little bit of a seed of mistrust there. You know what? You're right. Um, I think it was just stressful until we finally did it. Yeah. So I, I think that, which is horrible. Cause I was like six yeah, months. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think for me, it was just like, I, I regret, I had a lot of regret about that. Like, obviously I want Tracy to trust me. Um, and I, and sometimes I feel hurt that like, you know, why doesn't she already trust me? But I totally get that for her, safety and security are, are very important to her. And, and that trust is something that just has to be earned very carefully. And, um, and, and so, yeah, that's how, that's how I ended up. I, th- I think it just, it, 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 we, we were able to patch up that fight. We were able to have a conversation. We were able to reconcile. Uh, it took a long time, but we did it. But like, it definitely left scars that, that took a long time to, to heal. That's true. Yeah. I think it's possible like that we didn't go far enough in that conversation. I mean, I think that there, but there are also just things that I think are, they're fights that just recur in our relationship in general, just because like they're things that we're just, both of us are easily triggered by, you know, I'm easily triggered by things that make me seem like 
I'm incompetent, especially because I'm so forgetful and I'm so spacey, you know, I'm, I'm constantly doing things that, you know, um, cause people to doubt whether I actually know what I'm doing, which is totally understandable. And then, but then when, when someone asks me point blank, I'm really triggered by it and I get really frustrated. And I think Tracy is really triggered by things that make her feel unsafe. Um, Like recently we went on a hike and we got slightly off the, we got got a little lost. Very lost. We were scrambling up a mountain. Yeah. We got a little lost. And it's the sort of thing that for me, it's just like, oh, this is like an adventure, but but oh, for Tracy, it's very, very, very hard. It. You know, it was really embarrassing. I was like freaking out. So I think and just because, yeah, both of us have these things, then it's very hard. Like it requires a lot of work inside ourselves to get to the point where we're not triggered by those things anymore. And until we like get to that point where both of us are like totally self-aware and secure and have all those things, like we're we're going to keep triggering those insecurities and fears in each other. And I don't know if there's a way around that. Yeah, Tracy's most recent meltdown was hiking, and my most recent meltdown was uh, when I emptied the dishwasher because everything in it looked clean, but it wasn't, and I emptied the entire dishwasher and then, re- then you know, said like that that was all that was all dirty, and then um, that called into question my intelligence and competence. I had a full scale met- meltdown on that one, stormed upstairs, you know. so yeah happens to both of us i think that's so (laughs) fascinating the idea that what this fight was about was about you feeling insecure about your like competence or perceived competence and tracy feeling insecure about safety and like that's not you quitting it's like it's, it's not directly about you quitting your job or about like Tracy's family and the wedding and stuff and I wonder like like what that says about peacemaking and about the breaking of peace um because like the reason peace was broken was not because of some like conflict between you two but more because both of you like reacted against or felt like you were being challenged on this thing that um makes you feel unsafe or makes you feel like you need to like react um you need to retaliate I think that that's a really interesting like way of framing interpersonal peacemaking. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That fight was a huge one, but like you said, it was very interesting. So I don't think we necessarily wronged one another as opposed to just both of us reacting very poorly to a situation for sure. <laughs> In the moment, in our large fights, they're obviously horrible and unpleasant. I'm always very grateful we've at least had them because I feel like all of our conflicts are basically just really great opportunities for us to talk about our deep, dark, secret fears. And I feel like those always help us understand one another and learn how to live life together better. So while it kind of put our relationship on sort of like tenuous ground for a period of time, I think ultimately has made our relationship at least more transparent (laughs) and that might could be interpreted as better um in the long run that actually makes me while you were both describing that i was thinking of the phrase no justice no peace Mm. 
this I like you know there is a world where you could have this conflict come up and you don't work through it you don't like fight about it you don't express your anger and then it's all boiling under the surface and who knows whether that would get resolved but uh you know you go through these moments of conflict that are not pleasant at all but you're saying this like they're important to get back to the relationship yeah yeah absolutely that's true What does this story mean about peace to you? I mean, I think for me, kind of going back, like we we talked in very specific, very specifically about the context of our relationship, and 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 I kind of shared about how I tend to think through the lens of fear and hurt. I mean, I think that that's that's kind of how I tend to try to process like bigger things that are happening in in the world too sometimes maybe it's a little too reductive but it's really hard to know what the path towards peace is (laughs) it's obviously extremely complex but there has to be i think a real reckoning and a real reflection on what's happening and like the soul of everybody involved that's causing these conflicts and causing these tensions and 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 what are and what what are the things that built that (laughs) over centuries yeah i I think what I iterated in the beginning is my main takeaway from this exercise and is reflective of how I think of peace is it is definitely that like cyclical, never ending recommitment to keep doing the same thing over and over in different ways. And I definitely see that reflected throughout history and especially the time we're going in now and what happened during the civil rights era it's just like it's you keep you feel like you keep you keep doing the same thing over and over again but you are like moving forward and that is the path forward is to like keep repairing that relationship keep working on it and i guess like thinking about it seems really daunting but it that's what's required if you're going to like live together thank you Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, first time on a podcast. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> I listen to so many of these things and now I'm actually on one. <laughs> Wild. Tell me, tell me, tell me what's a life. I've been feeling starstruck, seeing human love thrive in this really long dust. Guess it's really all love, seven billion of us, and I read the headlines. Tell me, tell me, tell me what's a life? It's part luck, violence, constructive conscience, hot sauce, blood diamonds. Everybody pitching in folks red with silence. We already ate up that cone bread of kindness. Oh, it's something in between We got stories in our stories Knowing stories what it seems As we stumble, as we fall We watch each other and we scream If our weaknesses are glory It's more glory to be seen This has been the Peacemakers Podcast Produced and hosted by me, Obasi Shaw And my co-host, Michael O'Brien The intro and outro song, What's a Life Is by me and produced by Eerie Skies The interludes are produced by Gabe Gladstein Of the pop duo, Running On Everything If you liked this episode and want to reflect more, come visit our website at principlesofpeacemaking.org, where you can find more of our content and information on how to support us. Our guests today were Dan Claude Felcher and Tracy Aish. Thanks, Dan and Tracy. And thank you for listening. Now go and make peace.